The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Inner Call, the podcast. Today is a very exciting day for me because it's the very first full episode of this podcast. The very first one that's released out into the world. And my name is Fleur, so if we haven't met, if you don't know me, I want to introduce myself. I'm the host of this podcast, but I'm also a longtime reader of energy, a spiritual author, and an intuition teacher. This podcast that I've created is intended to inspire you to live a life in which you follow your inner call, no matter what it is. Everyone has one, everyone has a spirit, everyone has an intuition. And the guests that I bring on are meant to inspire you in such a way that you can see that they're living their truth because you can live it too. My guest today, Alexander Ludwig, is definitely an inspiration of this kind. You might know him from the show Vikings, in which he was the super sexy main character Bjorn. And he has been acting from the time that he was quite a young kid, so I could go on a 30-minute list of credit spiel. But more recently, you may know him or have seen him in National Champions or Bad Boys for Life, in which he starred alongside Will Smith. But he is not only an actor, he is also a musician. He recently released a single called Let Me Be Your Whiskey, which you can find on any music platform, and he wrote and co-produced it, so I would definitely go give it a listen. But notable achievements aside, I found Alexander just to be one of the most delightful people to speak to. He really lives an embodiment of someone who's truly done the work to know himself, how to listen to his gut, really stand in his purpose, be unswayed in the ability to follow that inner call. And I don't say that lightly. I've worked with a lot of people and I would put Alexander in that top 5% of people who are truly creating from the inside out. I think you're going to get a lot from this conversation today. It is spiritually deep and a few sneak peeks to get you intrigued before you listen is that we we discuss his kind of Buddhist Zen moment that he had when he met his current wife, Lauren, and he reveals a huge intuitive hit that he had that was centered around a mass shooting happening just shortly thereafter, something that he says he's never spoken about publicly. It definitely shocked me and it was like a whoa moment and you're really gonna, you're really gonna be impacted by it. And lastly, we talked about how we both perceive manifestation, how we create our lives, and how we really truly want to have the most expansive life possible. So I think you're really going to be getting some takeaways from today's episode. I know you're going to walk away with a new perspective, and you're going to walk away with a new desire to trust yourself. This podcast is totally new, and I have a very, very exciting list of guests, not only Alexander, but lots of others coming your way. So please take a moment right now to subscribe. A huge part of living an intuitive life for yourself is knowing, like truly knowing deep down that it's possible. And one of the key ways that you can build that knowing is to listen to another's journey, to create a community of people that are also living that kind of life so that when you're faced with moments of doubt or when you're kind of stuck as to if you should trust yourself, if the inner call is real, that you can look to someone else who is also doing it. I want to be a part of that community for you. I want to be a part of that journey for you. And I know that by listening to this podcast, you're going to know, trust, and build that connection to yourself. So please leave a review, give us a rating, and just keep listening so that you can also create that magic and create that connection to the inner call. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks for also... um, my my chaotic text earlier. My little dog, she she somehow got into rat poison last week, and it's just been like a hell of a ride. So this morning, I thought we were out of the the horribleness, and then she 
threw up this morning and I was like, no. Oh my God. Like, so it's just been, she seems okay. I saw in your, your Instagram stories that you also have a little dachshund. Yeah. Oh, do you have a dachshund? She's a long haired dachshund. I was like, there's another one. Oh my God. They're, they're amazing. Yeah, we have two. We have a Border Collie Lab and then a, a, a mini dachshund named Yam. But the Border Collie got into uh, the melatonin. Oh, God. Like a long time ago, which had like xylitol in it, which is like super toxic to dogs. And suddenly she just lost all motor function and, and started convulsing. And I just remember, like I literally picked her up, ran to the, the truck did not stop at a at a single light and just went straight to the vet. And thank God she was okay. But it was just like, I mean, they're family. Like I just, you know, I just can't, I can't, I couldn't imagine. It was, it was pretty terrifying. So I'm so sorry you went through that. That's scary. Oh, me too. She seems, thank God to be okay, but it was the same kind of thing. I thought, oh, she ate something. And then a couple hours later, she can't walk. She can't, I was like, what is going on? You know, like immediately to the vet, all the same thing. But we got there in time and it's all okay. She's a trooper. Good. But yeah, they're, they are family. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And you got your dog in Portugal. Are you in Portugal right now? I am in Portugal. I'm in Lisbon, but she's a San Francisco dog. So I've actually had her for 11 years. Wow. Yeah, she's, yeah, it's, I, I know. On the way to to the hospital, I was like, listen, you cannot die. It's just like not an option. It's not on the table. No. <laughs> I just want you to know that like. Yeah, yeah. Soul to soul, spirit to spirit right now. Like it's not happening. <laughs> Mama can't no, deal with it, you know? No. It's like, no. <laughs> so yeah, but she's been around for, for a long time. So uh, I'm grateful that she, she's going to, I think she's going to do another 10 years. That's the that's the goal. Uh, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, she's so sweet. All right. So we got to chat last week and it's been really fun getting to know you a little bit. So thank you for being here. Yeah. I would say like the most surprising thing for me when I last connected with you was that you were like, oh, yeah, I've been to psychics before. Like I've done this before. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that. I'm just a huge history buff. What I've realized is that over the course of history, yeah, the world changes, but people don't really change. Like humanity, you know, the same problems that exist today are problems that have existed since the beginning of you, especially the internal ones. And I think that, you know, whether it's family dynamics or whether it's, you know, ambition or, or personal things that you're trying to work out, those are all the same kind of issues that they had back in the day. And so for me, I, I love studying what things were like back then. And, and stoicism is one of those things where it's like, wow, these people really figured out how to live a happy life. So with psychics in general, you know, I've always been a very spiritual person. I wouldn't say I'm particularly religious, but I'm, I'm definitely spiritual. And I just, I've, I've known that a lot of, you know, really great people have always used mediums. You know, I've always used psychics. They've always, they've always, you know, gone for just another outlet for them. And to be honest, like I've always been skeptical, but I've had enough experiences now where it's like, okay, there's just no world where this is by chance. I'll never forget. I went to, there was one woman in, in um, Ireland, she was from Iceland and we did a, a reading together and she's like, one of the things she brought up, uh, you know, we talked about a bunch of things. But one of the things she said was, I see two things. One, she's like, I see planes being grounded. Like you're going to have trouble getting there. That's really weird. And then she said, I see an injury. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm doing a wrestling show. Like, obviously something's going to happen. She's like, no, no, I, I see a, like, there's a broken back. And I was like, whoa, like I'm going to break my back. Sure enough. Shortly after COVID happens, we can't get there. And then my co-star broke his back. Mm there's just something more to this. So I'm, I've bought in when people get it wrong, you know, or they're off is very easy to like, we naturally, if we can't see it or feel it or touch it, we're going to be skeptical, right? It's like, if this isn't a thing, so much of like life is, I feel like just, just kind of operating on faith and an internal knowing. And one thing I just know is that there is something there's just something that we just can't comprehend. And I do 
like to believe that there's there's more at play than than we could possibly. I actually think most people would believe that that there's just there's more than we could ever understand. For sure, yeah. Just go to the ocean. You know, it's like that's that's my thing. Whenever I'm having any kind of yeah, hundred percent. What is this kind of moment? If you if you just go in anything vast, look up at the sky. Yeah, there's that sense of like, okay, yeah, we're. We don't really know. Hundred percent. I mean, even like back, if you, even if you just look from like a tech, technology standpoint, like look at where we were back in the day. If you said to somebody, "You're going to pick up this like device, and you're going to hear somebody on the other end," I mean, that's that's magic. Like that doesn't make any sense. So, if we can do this, like what what's to stop? We'd be naive not to be at least open to 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 the possibility of more that we don't understand. If there's one thing I know, it's that we don't know. Like, we don't know. But I'd be interested to know, like, what what were the kind of things that were happening to you that, like, drew you to mm. this? Yeah, I had a lot of experiences as a kid that I don't actually really remember. But my parents will tell me that it really shaped their belief because they were quite skeptical themselves. I don't come from a spiritual background. But you know, it was very much like, well, she's saying is true. And we don't know how to wrap our head around it, but we're not going to try to shut it off. So that I think was a real gift because it kept it open for a lot longer, I would imagine. And then for me, I personally just didn't want anything to do with it. So I spent a lot of years trying to shut it down. I had a moment where I really kind of started feeling and seeing and having these moments again when I was like 18, 19. And for me at that point, I was studying neuroscience. I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And so my entryway into it was actually quite scientific. You know, I really was like, okay, I'm going to do these readings and I'm going to tally it up and I'm going to see what's right, what's not right, what's the percentage, what's the standard deviation. What, what am I actually getting right? And especially in that beginning time when I was working with people, People would tell me I was right. And I'm like, yeah, but how right am I? Like, are you bullshitting me? Or like, is that an actual yes? Like, I need you to be honest. I don't want you to tell me something just because you want to believe it. <laughs> you know, so I was like, <laughs> so I yeah. just, for me in that beginning phase, I really needed concrete evidence. I think it's one of the reasons I became a good reader because I was like looking for the absolute max amount of proof. And from there, it started to soften me into other practices, more spiritual, I think. And, and I kind of remembered what I'd always felt as a child, which during that period of time when my parents were like, oh, okay, this one's quite different. My mom had bought one of the only books at that time about this subject. And I remember reading it as like a nine-year-old. And I very vividly remember thinking, why did someone write a book about this? This stuff is so obvious. Doesn't everyone know this? It was all about like, we're all connected and energy and da da da. And I remember as a nine-year-old being like, well, that's a boring book. Like every, this is it's very obvious. I don't know why you would write that, you know? So I do remember having this like deep, deep, deep awareness, but then got very socialized out of it. I think not by my parents and my family, but just by the school system, by friends wanting to be the same. Building it back up, I actually just really required this sense of proof, if you will. And and then it started to soften me into other spiritual practices. Yeah. In the beginning, I just didn't like the idea of being out of control or like not knowing. And then over the time, it's just really softened into like a really deep spiritual practice. And this has really gone hand in hand with my with my work. It's been really interesting. It's been like an exploration for other people and then also this cultivating deep within myself that trust over and over and over again. And for me, it's been a practice. It doesn't, I don't think I kind of woke up in my life in the very beginning, just having natural, deep, deep faith. I feel like for me, it was something I really worked on and have to cultivate to stay connected. Wow. I mean, can you tap into specific things or do you just like go where you go? I can, but more and more when I'm working with someone, I look at it from the perspective of like, what does the spirit want to say? Like, what's the most important need? And go from there. So yeah, I think my, my style has shifted a lot. And more and more, I really see a psychic as just an ambassador to somebody else's 
own knowing. So I feel like I'm bridging up what you could bridge up for yourself, which is ultimately where the work for me feels like it's being pooled is like, okay, if I'm helping you find what's already within you, why don't I just help you find how to access it? Yeah. And to bring it up more and more and trust it, you know, because for me, intuition, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's like, I think the people who use their intuition are the people who really chart their own path and they make everybody else look at them going, how'd you do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so I actually, I wonder how has that played in your life? It's really funny you brought that up. Like I'm reading a book. I just started it right now called The Power of Intention. I believe everybody is born with, you know, something that they they want to do with their life, right? And I think naturally we want to expand and, and express it the best way we possibly can. So I always knew that I wanted to tell stories. You know, I've always been very creative and I, I always knew that I wanted to bring the world together in my own way. The only thing that's ever kept me going in, in my line of work is just, I always said to myself, I'd rather be 80 years old and jobless than let my 12 year old self down. Mm. And you know, there was people think when they see you in your first big movie, like you've made it, they're like, you know, wow, he's set for life. He's done. It's not like that. In fact, it's the opposite. You know, they need you, you need them more than they need you. And they will exploit that as honestly, as they should, it's a business at the end of the day. It takes a very, very long time to get any sort of security in this business. You, all you have is faith. Like that's it. That's all you have. You're operating from a place of like, I just know, like, I know this is what I have to do. I don't know how or when, but I just know. And I've always had that ever since I was a kid. I've just, I've always known there's, there's no quit in me with this, like ever just because it's just not an option. And also, I also always think about like, how can I look at my kids in the, in the, in the eye and tell them that they can be whatever they want or they can do whatever they want if I haven't lived that for myself. Music was another one. Like I've always loved playing and writing music. And I thought to myself, you know, this is going to be something I regret if I don't at least just see. So I started taking flights to Nashville. And I think it's really funny that like how the world, I've always found that when I'm, when I'm living like my, my truth and I feel good and I'm like loving myself in that way, the universe conspires in your favor in the weirdest way possible. So I just like started taking flights to Nashville. Like I literally knew nobody, not a single person. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? Like you have this great career. And I'm like, no, I'm, of course I'm going to keep acting. It's it's my first love love that forever but like i this is also something i just want to explore and sure enough about seven months in i'm boarding a flight and this country band that i that i admired since i was a kid is in the airport and they come up to me because they're fans of my work and i end up sitting right behind them on the flight we talk the whole way by the time we've landed i send them my demos within a week we're working together and then within a couple months, I got signed by the same label they were at. So it's just like, things like, like, that's just so crazy that that happened. Mm. Crazy, but not crazy. But not crazy, because of course, like, it's like, if you just, if you just, you know, you, I don't think you can, um, like, manifesting is a funny, is a funny one to me, because I believe in that. I don't believe that you get what you want. I believe you, I believe you get what you are. Wow. So it's not that it's unattainable. It's that you have to meet that. You have to meet like that version of yourself. And this, this, I, so I just said this to my mom and this is like, I, I told her this yesterday and I was like, you know, this is like, 
this is kind of blown my mind, but it's something I was thinking about. Do you, do you actually want the big house? You actually want that? Or do you like the person you've become that lives in that house? Because to be honest, I could, I could give a fuck. <laughs> you know, like, I don't care about that. I don't care about a, a Ferrari. I don't, that doesn't do anything. But, but from a material aspect, do you feel, because I think you and I were talking about this too, like, like, like money being an example of like, that's just like energy. And it's just like, it just means that you're on, you're on, on a good path, but it's like, do you really want that? Or do you really like the person you've become that has attained these things? And I would say the same thing with a vacation. Like, do you really care about, you know, going and sitting on a beach? That's awesome. Or do you like who you think you're going to be when you're sitting on that beach? Because I've realized in my life, and again, I'm not like everybody's life is different. I am, I have like zero judgment on what anybody else does. Like I'm just living my own life. But um, at least for me, I've always found that like, that I really can be happy anywhere if I'm keeping the promises that I make to myself. That took me a really long time to figure out, like, you know, and a lot of like, you know, I, I've been through my own addiction struggles and drug and alcohol struggles. I went to rehab and I just think all of that made me realize like just whenever you start looking externally for things, that's when you have to look internally because it's like, oh, okay, what's going on with me right now? Like, why do I feel like I need to leave? Why do I feel like I need a job? Why do I feel like I need this? Like. No, there's something in here that I need to fix right now. Yeah, you don't get what you want, you get what you are. And I think you summed it up in such a great way. I, I, when I work with people, I try to tell them this all the time. Nothing is going to happen until you're in energetic alignment. Exactly. But I think you say it, you said it better. <laughs> to be honest, I might steal it. I mean, I have that on my phone. It's like just a reminder to me that like, you know, it's a reminder like to get up. And, and this is the funniest thing is when you do the things that you don't want to do, like when you do what's hard, life becomes easy mm. because you're keeping, and I believe that's where confidence lies too. Like I think confidence is in, is in keeping the promises we make to ourselves on a daily basis. We say we're going to stick to that. You know, we say we're going to do that diet. We say we're going to do this. And it's like your body and your life does not reflect that because you're not following that. So the second you start going, you know what? Like, because that's living in love of yourself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? In its own way. I had the biggest aha for myself while teaching because I, I teach these mentorship courses and we do these surveys afterwards and we're like, Hey, what'd you get out of this course? You know? Yeah. And I thought it was going to be like, Oh, I learned psychic skills and I learned intuition and da da da. And people were like self-confidence, self-trust. And it was the first time that I realized, oh, if you don't have the connection to yourself, you don't have any confidence. And if you don't have any confidence, you have no connection to yourself. So that sense of intuition and confidence and self-trust and self-love, they're all really the same thing. Cultivating one cultivates the other. If you learn to trust yourself and have confidence in yourself, you will listen to that internal feedback more. If you listen to the internal feedback more, you start to trust yourself. It's this like this loop and it's really beautiful that you've, you've witnessed it. I know it's not easy. I feel like even for myself, I know it. It's a whole nother thing to apply it. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. like walk the walk, talk the talk. Like it's, it's a daily practice. And then, and you talk about sobriety and, and substance abuse. Do you feel that that for you was also the moment you were like, all right, time to go from external to internal. And how has that practice had ripple effects? I mean, for me, I just knew when I, like, I, I always loved acting, but maybe not for the reasons I love it now. Like for me, Vikings was such, the TV show I did Vikings was one of the most like, eye-opening experiences for me because it was just like that played a part in me realizing like my intention was so much deeper and then sobriety for me I realized look I, I'd worked with some people who were older than me and who just never ever 
figured it out and never will. And it's sad to say that I hope they do, but I, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I could be wrong. So I actually shouldn't say never will, but like, it's just, it doesn't seem like these people want to figure it out whatever can. And I just saw my future there. I said, like, I'm either going to be dead or I'm going to have nothing and I'm going to have no career. So when I realized that it wasn't that I, you know, funny enough, maybe the intention was more external actually, like why I'm going to get sober. And then when I got there, I realized all the internal work I had to do because rehab is not like, I wish everyone could go to AA or rehab or whatever, because all it is, is just intensive therapy for like Mm -hmm. 50 days. It's not like there's like a pill they give you and you're sober. It's like, it's just, why are you doing this to yourself? And that's what I always say to like young kids or addicts that like come up to me, people struggling with addiction of any kind. I say, look, it's not your fault. You're an addict, but it damn well is your fault if you do nothing about it. It is the same thing with like, whether you like it or not, your life is your responsibility. You're rolling the dice and playing Russian roulette every time you go back there. And, you know, it's sad. Like I've, I've lost a lot of people that I've tried to help and I've helped a lot of people, you know, my sponsor relapsed and I haven't seen him since. It's really sad, but like, it's hard. I feel that I have, they always talk about like these promises and I just believe that this is just, this is both spiritual and whether it's AA or whatever, it's, it applies to the same thing. You know, they, they say like, once you get sober, like, here's the things that will happen for you in your life, right? Like your relationships will improve and this will improve and this will improve if you do the work and this and that. And I've witnessed it all. Like if I could, like, you know, five years ago, I was in a, I was in the middle of Arizona, like, like literally the middle of nowhere, just like, what the hell is my life? And now if I told you all the things that have happened since then, it's like it would, your, your head would explode. Like it was just like both internally and externally, my relationships, like I'm the guy that everybody turns to now for help. I couldn't do that back then. You know, like I'm the solid one. I'm the rock for people. And like, that just feels so good. But again, like you said, it's a lot easier to talk the talk. It's a lot harder to walk the walk. And there's days where it's harder to like live that discipline. But that's honestly my year this year, like my, I just turned 30 or I'm about to turn 31 in May. And like, that's what this year has been for me without question. It has been like, I am going to figure out how to live the most disciplined life possible because, you know, when we have a family, when we have things like I can't afford to be like a mess, like I need to just stay, be laser focused on what I'm doing, you know, and we moved to Austin, Texas right now. So we're in Austin and it's amazing here. I feel like it's like this little oasis that we have. And it's like, I'm just like, I'm just so focused on like just building something, you know? It's beautiful. Yeah. No, it's a, it's such an interesting thought that, what I'm thinking of is like, it's the fine line between what do you do energetically and what do you do physically? You know, like how do you show up in the actual tangible way and then like let the universe fill in the details? But I truly do believe even from a spiritual perspective, you actually, you got to show up. Like there's a response in the word responsibility. There is that sense of taking ownership of, of your dream, of your purpose of showing up, doing the work, and then letting the universe conspire to help you out. But I feel like it, it, that's, that's, I think, where that whole idea of free will comes in as to how we create our life. It's the internal work that we do to get in alignment energetically, but there still has to be a little bit of the external work to actually set it in motion. So let me, let me ask you that quickly. So like, just for like the listeners, I think this is a fascinating thing is like, do you, do you believe in destiny? And do you believe, because I think we talked about this and I think I already know your answer, but I do you believe in destiny? And I asked a psychic once, why do good things happen to bad people? Yeah. You know, because good things, good things happen to good people too, but why do good things? If we're talking about manifesting, we're talking about living with intention and we're talking about this, why? Because I've met some pretty shitty people who have, you know, 
but you know the thing is that's the funny thing is they're not actually it's not actually good it's they're pretty miserable in real life yes. too yeah and you right? look at so, some really but, some people who are going through some shit and they're really happy exactly so yeah so those are the two questions i have for you yeah i have and i don't have an answer <laughs> Yeah. I feel okay. I feel like it is a hard it's really 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 tough to because I don't want to spiritually bypass at all like because I also don't believe in it you know sometimes shit just happens we're living in a world with a lot of contrast I think we can create a lot but we still have to perhaps accept that we live in a space that also has a lot of random chaos happening in it and that we're all in this like collective together and it all has ripple effects um so there's that from like a big picture perspective. I do believe that we have a lot of agency in our own awareness of how we shape our own experiences. But I want to go back to that idea of like, you don't get what you want, you get who you are. And I feel that that sense of being who you are and then having the experiences reflected to you could give you from a free will perspective, an opportunity to keep evolving to a more calibrated, more energetically aligned you. And I always go back to like my own experiences in life. And I think some of the absolute worst things that have happened to me, the 3am curled up in a ball, hyperventilating because I'm crying so bad, have shaped me the most and have made me like rock solid in a way. If I could wave a magic wand in that moment, I wouldn't have made it happen. But if I look back now, I'm like, oof, Thank God that happened. So when we look from like a very human mental mind, we don't want anything bad to happen. But then when we look from like a 2020 vision, looking back, we think, oh, that shaped me. You know, that that created this, this powerhouse. It made me realize who I am. So it's such a complex question because it... it yeah, it comes back to like, well, what are you creating in the first place and why are you creating it? And maybe if the end goal is this better version of yourself, quote unquote better, maybe you are actually creating hard situations to get there. And you don't know that you're doing that, right? There's that sense of like... Yeah, it only kind of makes sense in retrospect. Mm -hmm. Building that pressurized diamond, if you will. But it, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's very hard to watch people suffer it doesn't take away from the fact that it's very hard to kind of see people sometimes in that space where they're a bird in the cage and the cage is open, right? It's like, we still have to take responsibility for saying, okay, I'm on a journey and I got to put one foot in front of the other. It's a constant balancing between, okay, what am I doing to stay in energetic alignment? And then what is the world giving me and what can I make of it? But yeah, I wish I had like a really pretty answer with a bow on it because that is a good answer though. That is a good answer. Like I, you know, out of the mediums and the psychics that I've, that I've talked to, it's like, nobody's been able to be like, this is your future. Like nobody said that. Right. No. Cause it changes. Yeah. There's yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't really understand like fortune tellers. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen, I've never, I've never seen a fortune teller. So I don't, I don't know. I'd love to just to see what that's like. I don't know what the answer is. But I feel like it's the most important thing is it doesn't, it also doesn't really matter because at, at the end of the day, like the only thing we have right now is now. Mm -hmm. So do everything you can to live your best life now, whatever that is, like just to live in a, in a place of like gratitude and peace and, and all that stuff. I feel like that's, that's kind of it. Cause you gotta like, I feel like life is just to be experienced, be a good person, just experience life, enjoy it. I've always found when I've tried to force things, it does the opposite. Mm, yeah. Like, it's funny because I feel like we are creator beings in a weird way. Like I had this dream of being an actor and I had this dream of doing this and that. And like, it's all happened. Right. But then it's like, I can't be like, that's my job. Like, that's going to be mine. You can't do that. Like, I feel like it's more just like, I'm going to cast my 
my line in the ocean and whatever happens, happens. And I'm just going to enjoy the ride and I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to be grateful for it. But like, I'm going to do everything I can to put myself in the best position possible so I can tell the best stories I want to. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's a Picasso quote. That's something along the lines of the muse can strike at any time, but it has to find you working. Ah, ah, I love that. And I've always really liked that, that because I think it does apply to how we manifest and how we create. It's like, yeah, that spark can find you at any time. But you got to also be willing to co-create and to coexist and be like, all right, I caught, you know, I, I caught the fish, but the line was out there for a while. And that's and that's kind of exciting because I also think that that gives you a sense of like ownership on, of your own life. Like, sure, you can't control everything, but like. And God, that would be horrible if you could. Like, you think about the alternative. You're like, damn, I wish I could just make everything happen. It's like, that would be the most boring. There'd be no way to appreciate it. In a way, it's the fact that we have these losses that make the wins we do have, however big or however small, so special. And I think there's really, like, a lot of courage in teaching ourselves to appreciate the things that we have now, especially for an ambitious, like, I think... Also, you know, this would speak to a lot of like people who are like really trying to leave their mark in certain ways. There is a lot of courage to be found in in trusting because like I'm a very controlling person and like I, I need to be in control. Like I need to be in the driver's seat. But it's impossible to do that all the time. There has to be a level of like, I'm just going to let this go where it goes and I'm going to control only the things I can control. And that's to keep creating on my end while the universe or whatever does whatever the hell it does on the, on its end, you know, just try to be a nice person along the way. Yeah. How do you feel like, or what is your relationship right now with your intuition? How does it speak to you? Are you a feelings person? Like, are you a gut feelings person? Are you a, I just had a thought. How does it speak to you? How do you engage with it? I'm a very, very like, like, I mean, God, this is such a, is such a dark um, story, but um, I'm a very like, I trust my gut. I trust my gut a thousand percent. And um, I've never actually publicly told this story, but I think it's, it's just it's an interesting one. But like, I basically, there was a shooting in, in Santa Barbara. It was horrible. It was like this big massacre, like probably eight years ago or something like that, or maybe a little longer. And I got off a plane my friend called me and said, are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, this guy left a 150 page manifesto and there was a whole paragraph on you. And I was like, what? Turns out I had met the guy. He, he was the son of one of the crew members on the hunger games. And I remember him looking at me and I turned to my buddy at the time, and I remember, I literally said these words, this guy wants to kill me. That's just how I just like, I just had this eerie, weird feeling. And I was nice to him and everything, but I was like, there's, there's something off here. Um, so I think our intuition, and our instinct, for lack of a story, I know that's like a very dark story. It's very scary, but like. No, but it's I very our, real. 100%. Our instincts are there to protect us um, and to help us thrive in this, in this world. And we have to listen to them all the time. So like, I'm a very instinctual person. Like I, I trust that I'm also like pragmatic and practical. Like I, I, you know, I, I've met all sorts of actors. And the one thing that I've noticed in my business is that some of the most successful people are also some of the happy or some of the most humble and kind. I wish I could say that was all the time. It's not. But the majority of them are. And what that told me was that <laughs> nice guys do finish first. You know, it, nice women too. If, if you are kind to people and you take your work seriously and you are grateful, you people will want to continue to work with you. It's an energy exchange for sure. 100%. So that was like a very big learning experience too. So for me, from like a pragmatic standpoint, when I, when I look at, at I, I listen to my instincts, but I also have this ability to like, I think, look at myself objectively, look at the career objectively and look at this work objectively, which I think allows me to not be an asshole. 
because I don't put myself on a pedestal like that. You know, I'm just very, I'll let other people do that. It's really nice when I have people that come up and say hi to me. And I'm, I'm like, this is an incredible gift that I get to just shake someone's hand and make them feel good. I don't buy into that with myself because I feel like the second you buy into yourself, yeah, the highs are going to feel great, but the lows are going to feel just awful. And naturally in life, we're going to have the, all of those. Yeah. I can vouch. I think you're definitely not an asshole. Very far away from it. I've really enjoyed <laughs> connecting you. with you. you. But it's yeah. but it's true. There's this energetic. I think we all have it, and we can dial it up or we can lower the volume. But you just know when you meet someone, ah, like we're gonna click. Yeah. Or that guy wants to kill me. <laughs> you know? know, whatever the the wide variety yeah. is out there. I've had it a few times in my life that have really shown me to be true on the positive spectrum. Like I remember walking into a friend's living room, seeing this girl wheel her bike in, well, woman. And I was like, I'm going to know her for the rest of my life. And she is like my best friend. Do you know, we've now known each other for 12 years. I was like that woman right there. I want to know that woman for the rest of my life. And it was just such a like, boom moment. And I thought that's like, I, you don't know her. Like, don't be a weirdo. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love that. 100%. That kind of thing, you know, where you're like, I just know. And I'm curious, you have this amazing wife. You guys are so madly in love. I could just like tell because again, I read, I read energy. But, uh, and her name's Lauren, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of curious, like when for you, did you have that kind of intuitive, like, yeah, that's my person? Yeah, this is, that was an intuitive thing for sure. It was, um, this love is different than anything I've ever experienced because it's not, it's not butterflies and, and magic. This is like, there is nothing I wouldn't do for this person. It's not like, you know, like when you first meet somebody and it's like this, like really, and it's funny because there's this quote in Buddhism about this. They're like, you know, when you meet your person, it should feel like that, like just like, calm like you can be yourself shouldn't have all this like nervous energy all the time and um i met lauren on the set of vikings when she was visiting me with a friend of with a friend of mine she was visiting like ireland and we met and we had this moment because they, they were saying her and her girlfriend were staying at my house um, because her girlfriend was at the time dating a friend of mine I was like, come by Ireland, come check out the set. It's great. So they stayed at the house and her and I sat on a couch and we talked till like two in the morning. And I remember being like, this girl is amazing. And it was like this like weird, like flash moment of like, wow, nothing happened. And four years went by. She got into a relationship. I got into a relationship and she was just always popping up in my head of like oh i wonder how like i used to call her bambi because her last name was dear so i was like i wonder how bambi's doing like, i wonder how lauren's doing and then her relationship ended my relationship ended and COVID happened so i drove from la to vancouver texted her i said hey bambi like you want to go for a hike she's like i haven't talked to you for like four years and we ended up going for a hike and it was like just Aww. like inseparable married within nine months it was like the easiest choice ever. I was like, this is what it wasn't like, I can't explain it. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you have all this like puppy love and you have all this, like your first crush and it's exciting and it's great. And that's amazing. But I was like, this is just such like, it's so mm -hmm. deep on a soul level. Like I've just like, man, like, wow. I just, I love you more than I love myself. And I think that like, every other relationship it was me first even if i even if like i've always proud of myself on like being a very like giving partner and like trying to like do whatever i can for people but like in this one it's funny because it it's her first but actually the truth is it's that i need to take care of myself so i can take care of her you know so i can take care of this family it's like if you can't if you don't put yourself first your relationship will never thrive. Like happiness is your own responsibility, which I totally believe in. So it, it, actually it's just more like my, my mentality has changed. It's like, I've, I, I need to take care of myself so that I can be the best partner possible. And look, we have, 
horrible days. We have days where I am an asshole. Like that happens, you know, and it's something that I work on consistently, but she wants, she makes me want to be the best person I possibly can be. Some capital T truth, in my opinion. It's true. (laughs) Like, you know, I teach it, I practice it. It's like, if you don't have the boundaries, if you don't put yourself first, you are nothing. Like, and it's, and it's a hard thing when you've been culturally told to put others before yourself. And sure, like, I guess in a way you're putting the we, the us first. And by doing that, you have to be a solid part of that we. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I, that's what I, that's what I really like. I grew up in a very, like, I love my family is just like rock solid, but I felt like I, as a kid, especially like lost myself in that family. Like it was like, for me, it was like just doing whatever I could to keep the peace and, you know, do that. And I've always been that I've always been such a people pleaser. I think that's actually what like, like really, cause like even when I was a kid and I was like partying, I always wanted to be the life of the party. I always wanted to be the guy who was this and that. And like, you know, losing yourself completely in, in that, thinking that was the way you're supposed to live. And I've realized it's, it's so the opposite. It's like, Oh my God, I had it so wrong. It's like, if I don't take care of me, then like, what was it? What was it? Uh, there's this, there's a saying, I think Seneca, it was like, he who would rule an empire must rule himself. Like, why would you want a leader leading a family or a relationship or anything if they can't take care of themselves. If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody. You have to put yourself first and it's not selfish, it's selfless. Mm-hmm. And it's not even easy. You know what I mean? It's like you got to put some work in. <laughs> it's so hard. 100% because because I've always believed most people are good. Like most people genuinely want to help others. And I think that's the problem is you have to realize like you know, you have to love yourself first so you can help others. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And and I do want to bring this up because I think it will be really important for somebody listening because you together went yeah. through some really big challenges in a very, what sounds like early part of your relationship where you went through miscarriages, you spoke about it publicly. That's that's tough on any relationship, soulmate or not soulmate. You know, yeah. I've I've definitely worked with a lot of people who've gone through that and it can bring you closer or it can drive you apart. And I wonder what did you do for yourself and together for the self-care aspect? Also considering you come from an addiction background, how how do you stay so rooted? COVID's going on. I mean, that is like a true hurricane of stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wish I could take credit, but like this, this was all Lauren like all I was like she was such a rock solid person during this time yeah we had three miscarriages and we weren't going to talk about it at all and then Lauren just was like nope we started talking to other people about it and they were like oh me too we're like what and we had somebody else me too and then we had our nurse she's like I've had three and I was like what doctor I had two I was like what is going on so this is a common thing yeah so nothing's wrong no well, they're actually funny enough. There was something that was wrong and we got it fixed. She had a, I think Lauren will be fine with me saying that she had a polyp on her uterus. So we got that removed. So that was like, we realized what the issue was, but yeah, it was really, really shitty for Lauren. She felt broken. And I think a lot of women do. And Lauren's like, I want to talk about this because I just want anybody, any of my friends, any anybody who knows to know that it's fine. And she posted about it and it just went wildfire. Like, Everyone, it was, I swear it was crazy. It was like people were messaging, Lauren, I can't tell you how much this means to me. Nobody talks about this. All the news outlets picked it up. And I was just like, wow, like you have helped so many people by doing this. And it, it, and I think it had such a great response because it came from such a selfless place. It, it was not like, you know, it's very obvious when you see, I think, people that are using things to just get clout or something, right? Like this was so just like Lauren just being a rock star and just being like, I want to live. Um, I don't want to hide behind this because sh- there, there's no shame. Shame is like the most toxic thing in the world, right? Let's like, I have no shame in this. I want to talk about it. And she did. So 
the hardest thing for us was just, you know, Lauren wanted a baby and it was just tough that, you know, she had to go through that. Now we got very lucky that we never had to give birth. I think that would be a whole nother level of trauma. Uh, but, um, you know, we're good. Like we're really good. And I, and that's funny. I actually saw a sidekick in the middle of that time too, just to like get some guidance. That's actually why I reached out to you too, because I was like looking up, like, what are the great science psychics? And I saw your name pop up. I was like, man, I'd love to talk to her. Mm. I'm glad you guys made it through in that way because it's really, it's going to help a lot of people. It, I'm sure has already and will continue to. You're right. The minute shame is spoken out loud, it loses its power. And then in the weird way, like you, you like, so it's like the same thing when I first started talking about addiction, like I was terrified about it, like what would happen. And then suddenly I became this like person to not only people who were struggling, but like my friends, other actors, people would reach out to me for help. And it was the same like I'm with Lauren, like Lauren, she talks about these miscarriages and suddenly everybody's like, like, thank you. Oh, you, I, I thought I was alone and all of this. And it's like, you flip shame on its head, you know, and use it to an advantage where it can actually help people. And I think that that's really, yeah, it's really special. Yeah, completely agree. I, I feel like for me, the spiritual world and our inner practices can be like that too. You know, I think it's a big part of like my why for this podcast, because we're all, no matter if you've got success or not success, there's still this sense for inner peace that we're searching for and inner meaning and what does it all mean and how do I create it? And that's not an easy journey. So I just want to say thank you for, for living out loud in that way and oh, for owning you. your truth in like in all areas, you know, like you're really showing up in in a very authentic, genuine way. So I, I respect the hell out of it. Hey, I respect the hell out of you. I loved I loved chatting with you and I appreciate you having me on and you call me whenever. That was we had a great reading, so I'm stoked to do it again. Yeah, for sure. I'll uh, please let me know if you're ever in Lisbon. I'll let you know if I'm in Austin. Go get dinner please or something. Do. Yeah, I would love to meet Lauren. Like, ah, so so good. Yeah, you guys you guys are hit it off. For sure. I, I already know what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being uh, here. I'll catch you. It was great. Yeah. Thank you. See yeah. you around. Keep in touch, okay? You got my number. Yeah, for sure. You got mine. All right. All right. <laughs> Ciao. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.